Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Um, thank you for joining us. And also joining us is Denise Reed, the new President of ESPA, the Event Services Professionals Association, and also um, the uh, the uh, Conference of Services Manager at uh, the uh, Hyatt Centric in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks for joining us, Denise. Thank you, Tyler, so much for having me this morning. This is exciting. So I'm very, very happy to be here on today. Thank you. And, uh, you know, the Event Service Professionals Association, we'll just call it ESPA from here on out because it's a lot faster to say. But um, so it's, it's, it's an association that's sort of near and dear to my heart because I've always thought that folks who do what you do are really on the front line and make it happen with planners. Uh, I mean, the salespeople sell the meeting, you facilitate it and you you bring it to life, right? You are absolutely on point with that, Tyler. You know, the unsung heroes sometimes of the event services industry are the people who actually go in and get the gallons of coffee, the people who go in and make sure that the number of chairs are in there correctly, those people who are in there making sure that the logistics side are actually firing on all cylinders so that when stakeholders come, the professionals, the planners actually look like this has just been seamless and flawless and attendees just have a fabulous time. So from the sales perspective, of course, here at Hyatt Centric French Quarter, once the sales manager books the actual events, then turning it over to the event service professionals, I dive right in and start that connection with the planner. Um, sometimes uh, a year out, depending on how things are going uh, right about now since COVID, uh, a little more in the month for the month kind of thing. Like, hey, by the way, we're, we're coming to New Orleans. And so uh, we need some banquet space and we need some menus. Oh, and by the way, do you have a second line ban and all of those things that come with it? So yeah, we are the, we're, we're there in the trenches and uh, it's wonderful to be in an organization where you have every representation for event service professionals, specifically hotels, as well as other venues, DMOs, convention services bureaus, and then of course, um, those convention centers. So we do represent the gamut and membership is growing and we are just very, very excited to be able to offer this to membership specifically for those in the services side. So it's, it's, it's a great industry to be in. I agreed. Uh, and so you're you've just uh, taken the mantle in I guess uh, late January of yes. president at your annual conference in Pittsburgh. What is on your agenda? This agenda is packed. It's packed with content for making sure one that ESPA is coming back to the fold with membership pre-COVID. We're continuing to build on in-person meetings as you've seen the trends in the industry. People are ready to get out of the house. People are ready to have in-person meetings and connect. It's a beautiful thing to be virtual. 
And it's even better when I can reach out and touch you sometimes. And so for that, we are finding that a lot of stakeholders are ready to travel. And so one of the key issues is making sure that we are bringing back to the fold of ESPA our membership. Pre-COVID, we were building and building and ramping up and then we lost membership. Uh, a lot of people just did not return to the industry. Then we're finding of late, now that ESPA is back to an annual conference in person, we are finding that some of our membership that actually was not able to return earlier is still returning, mm -hmm. just took a little bit longer. And so we're still here to receive those people and it's great. And it's also great to see the trajectory of the trajectory of the new membership with regard to bringing in millennials. Uh -huh. And so we're finding that we're also bringing in veterans as well as those who are new to the industry who want to know, well, just exactly what do you do? What is the difference between a convention services manager and a vet professional? What do you guys do? What, why is this so exciting? So we're looking for a great year as far as membership, but then we're also doing something. ESPA is rolling out an amazing program with our accessibility toolkit. Now, this is something that we had on our website early on um, pre-COVID, probably around 2018, 2019. However, as we're seeing the industry change, accessibility is so much more than what it was four or five years ago. Really, it's more than what it was a year ago. And so when we speak about accessibility, we're talking about those with sensory issues. We're speaking about those, of course, with mobility issues, hearing and vision. But then we're also speaking about people, attendees, stakeholders who have religious dietary restrictions, people who have on some form of the spectrum, auditory, some type of issue where they're not able necessarily to come into a quote unquote uh, standard type of meeting space. And we want to neuro inclusive, right? Neuro inclusive. And we want to make sure that as an industry, we are allowing hotels, centers, and CVBs a toolkit that will assist them in how to service properly these types of stakeholders. How do we have a lot of members who have never hosted a convention where every attendee is in a wheelchair. So we have to make sure that we're providing them with the keys that they need for that. And so the accessibility toolkit is something that's very, very near and dear. And we did have a huge rollout on our uh, in our Pittsburgh conference in January, where we had a huge panel of professionals and we spoke on that um, from a culinary perspective, as well as from those who are servicing those types of conferences. And then my final portion for my presidency is of course the mentorship. Being in the industry over 30 years and being a member of ESPA for about 15 years or so, I came in 2008. Uh, I didn't see anyone that really looked like me. I saw maybe a sprinkle or two, but 
as the organization has grown and evolved in diversity, equity, inclusion, we're seeing more and there is a need. We need to meet that need. And uh, ESPA has that obligation to meet that need for what the industry looks like. And then making sure that those who are coming into the industry have the tools that they need to be sure that they can actually successfully host meetings and events. And so we want to connect with them. And ESPA has an uh, has a, a mentorship task force that is rolling out some amazing content on our ESPA website to assist our membership with how to successfully be a mentor, as well as for those who need a mentor. The same thing. So we have that accessibility as well. So we got a lot going on in the, in the next six, seven, eight months or so. But really, a lot to accomplish in that amount of time. It's a lot. I'm up for the challenge. I know, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm sure you are, definitely. And and how do you, what are your kind of ideas about how you get in in front of maybe people who maybe are considering this as a career or maybe don't even have it even considered it as a career, like those, that millennial uh, demographic you're talking about? Interestingly enough, one way to get in front of it is just what we're doing right now, which is the dialogue of it all. I also take the responsibility of tooting the horn for the industry when I'm out and about, when I'm doing uh, professional presentations, when I'm speaking to universities, when I'm speaking to school-age kids who want to know um, and don't quite have an idea yet what they would like to do um, if they go to college, after college, or for those who are not considering college, what are the requirements, what exactly do you do, and then getting out there and just tooting the horn and saying, hey, this is something that you should consider. If you love travel, uh, if your attention to detail if you um, you're a people like, person, if you're a people person, then this is that's a requirement number. right there, right? <laughs> that's the number one. That is the number one. If you're a people person and you enjoy being with people, servicing people, um, and 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 that give and take that comes with it being the reciprocated of all of those things, it's definitely important to have that type of skill. And so, yeah, that's the way we get in front of it as an organization. ESPA makes sure that we are reaching out to different other professional organizations and partnering with them to let them know we have a mentoring process as well. And then just letting our members know, hey, if you know people who are thinking about considering the industry, let us know. We'd like to reach out to them and just give them some tools and some things that would assist them in possibly finding this is a great profession. I can tell you, I've met some of the most amazing people in the years that I've been in the organization, and some of them I am actually still in connection with. And it's just an amazing thing. I I, I went to college for communications and music, and uh, my, my first job right out of college was working in a hotel and convention services, and I'm still here 33 years later. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great industry to be in servicing people it's nothing better and i know i mean and i'm sure you're familiar with this having been uh in the industry for more than 30 years coming up um and i've written stories especially on the hotel end of it i mean traditionally it's it's like an all-consuming career sometimes uh, 24 7 7 days a week if you're in the hotel business you're getting moved around 
things are changing, you know, I think a bit. And, you yes. know, how, uh, you know, what do you tell young people? May, they may have a different perspective on work-life they balance. They do. How, you know, what do you tell them about, I guess, traditionally, what mm -hmm. the job requires that you do and maybe <laughs> maybe where is it going and is it uh are they considering those issues more absolutely i have a very unique train of thought on that because when i came into the industry if i had a large group and the group had a breakfast that morning and they had an awards dinner that evening and denise was assigned to service that group you know denise was there from breakfast to dinner and the industry is totally different now in that regard because there are just so many other tools. There's been such an improvement to the industry. And for one, when you're speaking about work-life balance, anything that you approach, you have to have the mental well-being. Before you go into any of that, it's all about the mental well-being. And when we talk about Women's History Month and we're talking about women going in and just being superwoman, that was the, 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 uh, the feel um, of, of the 80s and the 90s. But now it is, it is a, a, a really a spotlight placed on the well-being. And so I do tell people who are coming into the industry, first thing, before you can service a stakeholder successfully, you have to service yourself successfully. And so one of the things that we talked about in one of our breakouts in our ESPA annual conference in Pittsburgh is what are the things that we're doing for our well-being? We had an amazing sound bath breakout where we were able to present for our attendees the opportunity to just mentally exhale because we are on all the time. We are on and it is important that we are addressing before we can engage with our stakeholders and our planners. It's just important to make sure that from a mental perspective, we're coming from a place where we are able to be a success, where we're able to speak successfully, um, where we're able to uh, have a command of our actual profession and what we're doing, because you certainly don't want a planner who thinks, well, this person may not really know what's going on or what my program is all about or may not know me. And so from that perspective, from a mental perspective, how are we taking care of ourselves? And fortunately, here at Hyatt Centric French Quarter, we have an amazing team of executive leaders who allow that. You know, we didn't have work from home before. These are now options, even with live events. We have laptops now where we can do things remote. We have cell phones where we can do things remote. And so there are a lot of other options. And with teamwork, it is a lot less hours, but still that attention to detail is there. So it's doable. It's, it's absolutely doable. And um, you mentioned the great uh, team members and colleagues you have at the Hyatt um, and, and your work in really promoting inclusiveness in DEI. Um, you know, I'm reading here, you're also a member of Women at Hyatt, the Hyatt yes. Black Diversity Business and Research Group, the yes. Louisville University New Orleans Alumni Association. Go um, Wolfpack! Where, first of all, where do you find the time? And then uh, maybe, you know, talk about, uh, you know, you've been in the industry for so long and really the strides, especially on the corporate level, 
a lot of these big hotel companies have made to really recognize the importance of inclusiveness and diversity and, uh, you know, women's work-life balance too, as you mentioned. Absolutely. So I find the time because these are things that are important to me. And it's the same with anything that we do as a people. When things are important, when we have a passion about things, we make the time for it. There are times when I really, really want to read this book. I really want to read this book, but I know that I have other things that are coming. I know Mardi Gras is about to approach. I need to be in this mode. But I also know that reading that book is going to give me a little exhale. And so I have to make time for those things. And it's all about the priority of those things and making sure that I'm able to step away so that I can be the best. A lot of times on the um, DEI perspective, we look at what Hyatt is rolling out and certainly Hyatt as a corporation is leaps and bounds above other brands with the introduction of the resources that Hyatt provides for DEI for its executives as well as for its line staff. The colleague uh, information that is provided online is updated every week. There are constantly different resources coming out. We're getting videos, we're getting resources about lingo, how to approach, how to speak, how to service. And so that speaks to when you have a sense of pride working for an organization who recognizes the importance of inclusion then it also can transcend into what it is that we do. Uh, certainly New Orleans is a very unique destination where you are uh, uh, very accepting in, in, in the city um, of all persuasions. Of, we want to make sure that all of our visitors to the city feel included. And so part of that is definitely making sure that we're not just checking a box at Hyatt, but that we're also making sure that we're keeping that relationship going so that once we do reach out um, with diverse vendors, if we have uh, weddings and they require a LGBTQ photographer, and we're making sure that we have those things in our arsenal to put stakeholders in touch with those photographers that they need or that baker that they need for a specific type of cake or what have you. And so it's a lot of um, history that goes into it. It's, it. it's a lot of not just history, but it's also a lot of investigation. And more importantly, as you know, in the hospitality industry is very small. It seems like it's just this huge industry, but people really are, everyone knows everyone. And here in New Orleans, if you get a great photographer, a great videographer, uh, if you get a great vendor, a wine vendor or what have you, you want to let colleagues know in the industry so that they can use those individuals as well. And so with our DEI toolkit, we do those things through Hyatt as a corporation. And then it also transcends into my membership with ESPA because I'm sure you've read um, uh, in January, ESPA rolled out the DEI toolkit. And this is 
huge, not just huge for ESPA, but actually huge for the industry, for the membership, to have something for those smaller destinations who are not quite familiar with how to navigate the conversation, how to get the buy-in from executives on what it means to be diverse, what does it mean to include, and all of those things, and how you have conversations. So it's it's a lot. It, it, it's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It does take a lot of time, but it takes a lot of negotiating with different people as well. And then once you build that team, it rolls. It rolls. You pick up the phone, you can call someone, hey, I need that and they send it to you. But it is definitely a, a great sense of accomplishment when you're able to say that you're able to touch those different points and not always have vendors or even stakeholders for that matter who look like I look. And it's, it's, it's key. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you brought up the vendors because it's a, this is really a fascinating aspect and an area where event service professionals really have um, a lot of influence. And I know Elliot Ferguson from Destination DC spoke at your yes. annual conference in Pittsburgh. And I've interviewed him and he's really out in front of, of yes. this concept that, especially with uh, event service professionals, that you can introduce meeting planners to perhaps uh, vendors, suppliers of traditionally underserved communities in the destination they're meeting at so they can share and the bounty that any sort of event brings into town, right? Absolutely. And, that's, and isn't that, I mean, and I don't know, maybe a lot of planners, they haven't thought about that before, but you're really in a, a great position to move that along, right? I think you hit the nail on the head, Tyler, when you speak about having that position of influence. Um, event service professionals are uniquely gifted in being able to make all of these connections, working with all of these people and these different destinations. Here in the city of New Orleans, we just have a wonderful collection. And it is key to make sure that, as you said, we bring them in to share in the wealth of what it is that these larger events are bringing to the city because it is available to them Sometimes they just don't know, they don't quite have the right connection. And so it's a matter of being able to put people in alignment with those people that will help them go to the next level, be it a citywide, uh, be it a sports event, uh, in any type of thing, um, uh, food and beverage wise, you know, um, we talk about um, with Hyatt, foods uh, thoughtfully sourced, um, carefully, um, carefully given. And we actually speak about making sure that our vendors are local. Um, we use a lot of diverse vendors within Hyatt Century French Quarter and our executive chef is the first African-American female executive chef in a major hotel in New Orleans. And so that is key. Malia Hamilton is, 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 is key um, when it comes to uh, clients and stakeholders asking, so tell us about your, about your chef. I mean, we see that you're serving gumbo, but I mean, is, is, your, is your chef from Wisconsin? Nothing against gumbo in Wisconsin, just 
A lot of stakeholders want to know that that gumbo is coming from a local source. Well, where's the okra coming from? Where's the shrimp coming The shrimp is coming from right out there in the Gulf and the okra is coming from right over there in Ponchatoula. So all of those things play into, okay, so the farmer who's producing this okra uh, is going to be someone of a diverse nature that we're able to bring bounty to as well. And it definitely is key in making sure that we're reaching out and giving back to the community, and that's key. Well, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Denise. And I don't, you know, I don't need to spring this on you, but you're also a classically trained mezzo soprano, right? I am. That I am. That Can you I give am. us like a tune or? Uh... <laughs> Did you, you just say say that one more time so I can make sure that I understood you? Can you favor us with like a, like a, a display of your uh, vocal talents? Oh boy. And I believe that we are coming right around that time that we're going into uh, Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter. So let me give a little of Ave Maria. Thank you, Denise. Um, it's a pleasure. That was Denise Reed. Um, she is the new president of uh, ESPA, the Event Services. <laughs> oh, man. The Event Service Professionals Association. And then also um, the uh, event planning manager at the Hyatt Century Branch Quarter. Thanks for joining yes. us, Denise. It's my pleasure, Tyler. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day, everyone. You too. And uh, thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Um, and if you're interested in more of our podcasts, I can't promise uh, show tunes or anything like that, but uh, head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section. Thanks for joining us. And whatever you have to for the rest of the day, go out and make it great. Thank you.